Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 45. On this week's episode, I've got JB from the band Thousand Below. Um, had a great time talking with him. We did this interview a couple weeks ago now, um, and we were talking about the new EP that dropped. It's an acoustic EP featuring a few of their old songs as well as a new song. Um, we talked about their friend uh, Sumner from the band Dead Lakes joining in and doing a guest appearance on vocals. Uh, we talked about mental health and you know the struggles that, that we all go through. Um, we talked about how cool it was for them to get signed to Rise Records and kind of what that means for them. We also talked about the new direction. They are working on new music, so kind of what that new music is going to sound like. Um, you know, I, I say new direction, but I think fans are going to be really happy with what JB says. Um, so definitely check out this episode. Uh, without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right in to the conversation that I had with JB from Thousand Below. Um, yeah, so to start out with, I do ask the same starting question that you get every single time, and that's um, for our listeners, tell uh, you know your your name, what you do in the band, and just a little background on yourself. Okay, um, yeah, I'm Josh, but in the band I'm JB because we have two Joshes. Um, but yeah, I play bass. Uh, I help write a lot of the songs and do a lot of the production stuff too. Um, and yeah, I'm live in San Diego. Uh, been doing music for like the last like 15 years so um happy to you know it was awesome being able to tour and do all that and just trying to get back to that as soon as we can yeah yeah uh i was just talking to somebody today i sent them a text and giving them kind of a highlight on some of the stuff that i do and I'm like, you know, I, I do album reviews and I interview bands. And once upon a time, we used to have these things called concerts and I would do photography at them. But yeah, <laughs> starting to forget what that's like. Um, awesome. So um, tell people a little bit about the background of the band, um, kind of the, the formation and what's helped lead you to the evolution that you guys have experienced. Okay, for sure. Yeah, so we started, um, James, our singer, and our original drummer, Garrett, were in a band called Outlands. It was on Tragic Hero Records. Um, and then that when that started ending, uh, Jimmy, or James, he, he talked to both me and Josh about starting a new band, kind of like a more emotional kind of thing, less on the metalcore end. Um, so yeah, we, we started out in like middle of 2015. And just from there, we uh, did like four songs, did a music video, and then we got lucky enough to get uh, set up with Rise, and then they had us finish out our album. So like the first four songs we wrote were like Traditions, Sinking Me, Love You Love Too Close, and uh, uh, Follow Me Home, which are all on our first album. Right. Um, so yeah, then we, we did the album from there. Um, had a few member changes, but um, you know, me, Josh, and Jimmy are like the the core members, so. Right we're still going um yeah i don't know it's uh been interesting because like we kind of got to skip the whole local band phase um but like all of us were in local bands for years right before that so it was just kind of like a, a super group i don't want to call us like a super group but like as far as like local musicians right. scene, it was like we had all been in our own bands that had been doing well and then we kind of just joined up yeah 
Yeah, so. awesome. Um, so I do like to touch on on that for sure about being in the local scene. Um, you know, a lot of kids think that, and I'm sure you know it is easier now. Let's we, we won't lie about it with the internet and stuff. It's easier to get your music out there and to to get views and people to know your name. But you know, right. co- coming up through the scene um, as you guys did, talk a little bit about the importance of kind of climbing that ladder correctly. You know what I mean? Going through the DIY stage yeah, of local. For sure. Um, definitely with our band, like the first show we played was like, we were already signed and like, it was kind of embarrassing just because we didn't have that like time to get tight with each other. Right. And like, we were, I, honestly, we were not that good live <laughs> when we first started. Um, so yeah, it's definitely important to like start from the ground up make sure your band is really good live uh kind of like learn the ropes as far as like you know etiquette at shows and like uh what to do and what not to do because we we made some mistakes i mean jimmy and uh garrett had toured before so like we we kind of knew what we were doing but definitely yeah building it up from the ground up with like a lot of time to practice and and get on the same page with each other is is good for sure and I think there's just like a level of like professionalism that you get from spending like a couple of years doing local shows and kind of seeing how the big bands, you know, the bands that are higher up than you do it. Right. Well, and I think um, something that maybe I say kids, but, you know, younger yeah. uh, artists or whatever, maybe don't realize is how important that that growth period is in learning the ropes, like you said, as far as... Um, bookers and promoters and stuff like that too in your local scene like if you're able to start learning kind of what they're looking for how they're putting shows together it's easier to market yourself uh right. in that long term as well yeah for sure like uh like we had a good relationship with um billy barber who ended up managing like secrets and hands like houses and stuff just because he was like a local booking agent yeah um and then when we were like you know in thousand below he helped us get like some shows with icy stars and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely good to make those relationships early on um and you know that can that can lead to bigger things down the road for sure yeah and you know i've said it before on on this show and just with other artists that you never you never really know like who the next big thing is so like yeah obviously you don't want to burn bridges and stuff like that because the guy that's you know promoting at the the shithole in town maybe yeah. just doing that as a side gig because he's got something bigger and better just waiting you know um yeah for sure so yeah i, I think what you said is, is perfect you you want to make those connections because a year down the road that may be the guy that can get you on a tour or you know get you into a bigger venue or in front of at least the right people yeah definitely yeah you don't want to like sell two tickets when you are supposed to sell like 50 or whatever so yeah you definitely want to build those relationships and, and have a good vibe with everybody in the scene yeah for sure um and let's talk a little bit about rise records i mean talk about a pretty stellar okay. uh stellar roster for you guys to to join into um yeah definitely you know they've they've got bless the fall issues knuckle puck um palisades of mice and men memphis mayfire i mean the list goes on and on but how how cool is it you know coming from kind of your metalcore roots to be on rise records who is pretty dominant in that that genre space 
Yeah, for sure. Like when I was in high school, that was like the label yeah. that I was like, I, if if my band gets signed, like I want to be on Rise Records. So like it's really cool to be there now because like I don't know. Yeah, when I was like early high school, I was listening to like Del Wars Prada first and second albums yeah. and stuff like that. And I was always like, damn, like Rise is, is the coolest label. They have all like the best new bands. So I'm really happy we got to get hooked up with them. And they're awesome. They they give us a lot of creative freedom. Um, yeah. They kind of help us out and let us do what we want. So it's a great situation. Yeah. And I think I think that's super cool, too, is, you know, Rise isn't really a major label. They're just super established as an independent. And right. obviously everybody thinks I, I have to get to Sony or whoever because that's where the paychecks mm-hmm. are. And I think you get lost in the shuffle, as, unless you're like, you know, pop top 40 type of band or artist. But, like, right. you know, on a major label, most metalcore, punk rock, whatever, is going to get lost in the shuffle. Um, how cool is it to to have that backing? Because obviously Rise has all the connections to do your distribution and help with merch and all that stuff. But like you said, still have all the creative freedom to be like, well, this is where we want to go with our sound. Yeah, for sure. Like if we were on a major, we definitely would have been shelved after our first album. It's <laughs> like, you know, like we're a new band, like obviously it didn't sell super well. Like it did great for being a brand new band first right. album, but like, you know, a major, if you don't sell like whatever, 100K copies, they're, they're not going to care about you. So um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. And um yeah, like I've seen people have sent us like photos where like in Shibuya in Tokyo, like at the Tower Records, there's like a whole like yeah. display with like our, our album art and like a that's, whole like wall of our CDs and stuff. And I'm like, damn, that's that's crazy. That's pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was kind of your your aha moment with that? You know, coming from local, getting signed right away. What was the like, holy shit, this is real type of moment for you? I think it was when we so our first tour was like this like very small like one i think the biggest show was 80 people and the smallest show was like two tickets sold so like that was pretty eye-opening but then our second tour we were out with the double wars prada and villa maya and that was like super and like the first show there was like damn this is like this is really cool because it was you know like 600 700 people or something yeah um so yeah that i definitely felt like we were a real band during that yeah and how cool is it, you know, Devil Devil's Wear Prada is like, I mean, top tier, right? You know, so even, yeah, just, for sure. even just opening with them or hanging out, you know, during tour and stuff, like, that's got to be kind of one of those moments that like, okay, we're, maybe we're not like there yet, but we're on our way, you know, we're doing something right. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I, you know, was going to, when they were like the one slot opener on like Chiodos tours and stuff, I was going to see them. So it was yeah. like cool, like, I don't know, like 12 years later being the opener for their band. Yeah. Um, so I just talked about this with um, a girl from LA called Luna Ora, and her episode went live today. But um, let's talk about the importance of opening. Um, you know, I think a lot of kids, obviously, the headlines where you want to go. But how, yeah. Im- how important is it to cut your teeth on being a great opening band? Oh, you like, yeah, you have to do it. Cause if you just go out and try to headline, like no one's gonna come see you if you know, you're like, we're from San Diego. Like if we had tried headlining on our first tour, like there would have been no, like in Chicago or whatever, like right. no one would have known who we were. Um, so yeah, it's really important. And it's important to like make a good impression on the crowd and 
make sure you're like very tight and you sound great and people will be like interested to come talk to you after the set you know like we always try to um as soon as our set's over like i'll be at the merge table and like talk to people and, and meet them you know a lot of people have never heard of our band before so right um it's it's cool for them like if you go out and like try to make those connections and then a lot of those people will end up coming to the show the next time you come through yeah for sure. um but yeah you gotta you gotta work hard um and i we've been like the one or the two spot on like every tour we've done um so it's definitely like an important part of growing because you know at every tour we see more people in the crowd for us right um more people who like know our songs and everything so yeah yeah yeah, and I think, you know, what her and I were talking about is it's it's high pressure, but it's low pressure at the same time. Like, it's high pressure because all the bands expect you to try to get the crowd as hyped up as, as you can get them, right? But it's yeah. kind of low pressure because, well, they don't know us, you know? So yeah. if we mess up here or there, probably not a big deal, but as long as the energy's, you know, coming through. Right, yeah, I mean... I do, you do get a lot of like people just standing there with their arms crossed and <laughs> yeah. you're kind of like, okay, like how do I, how do I get this person to like enjoy my band and not hate me? Right. Um, so it is like somewhat pressure in that sense if you like let it get to you, but yeah, we try to just have a good time and, you know, enjoy ourselves and then hopefully people in the crowd will enjoy it. Have you ever been gutsy enough? I saw this at one show and I can't remember who it was now. Have you ever been gutsy enough to play a cover of one of the artists on the tour that you're on? No. So we, we <laughs> talked about um, when we did the Devil Wears Prada tour, we were like, as a joke, it would be hilarious on the last day of tour to play like a cover of Still Fly. Because right. like, they hate that song now and they're like super over it. But we were like, ah, that might like be the wrong impression to make. But right. I don't, yeah, I would never do that. That's like, that's pretty pretty uncool i think like yeah, i don't i don't remember who it was it was like a local opener um and i i really wish i could remember the whole scenario but it wasn't like one of the band's most current singles that they knew was going to be in the set list or anything but like as soon as they started it i'm like this this isn't your song like that's a bold that's move terrible yeah <laughs> i can't believe someone would do that yeah that's insane not sure if it was like a hey, look, you know, we play your song really well, talk to us, or if it was like a we're going to try to like show you up type deal. Or, or like going to clown on yeah, you. Or, yeah, yeah, maybe just that's as a so joke. It's, it was such a bold move. and it, it, I mean, some people were into it, but I stood there and I'm like, um, I don't I don't think you guys understand. Yeah. Like, it's almost disrespectful, I thought, you know? like I, I think it is, yeah. yeah. I think anyone would see that as disrespect. So, yeah, I would highly advise against that. <laughs> For sure. Um, so let's talk about the, the new EP some here. You guys uh, okay. just dropped that uh, this last Friday, right? Yep, so, last Friday. Yeah. So. Um, you've got five songs, four songs? Yeah, five songs. Five so it's, songs. Four, it's like four remakes and one new song. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So talk a little bit about, I guess, what went into the decision that we're going to uh, stripped down some old songs and, and do this EP? Was it partly because of coronavirus and there wasn't a whole lot else that, that you could do? Or... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, even before coronavirus, like, last year, I think we were talking about doing something like that. And originally, like, we had the idea of, like, oh, it'd be cool if we just did, like, a bunch of original acoustic songs. But then, I don't know, that, that idea, like, didn't really pan out because it, like, I wrote 
like Josh and I both wrote like a bunch of songs um, that were like original acoustic songs. Um, and like, they were kind of cool, but it wasn't quite like up to the level that we wanted. Um, so then when we um, had like the tour get canceled and we had to come home and then we were like, okay, we're probably not gonna be able to do anything for months. Yeah. We are like, now's, now's the perfect time. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. We like always, when we write an album or whatever, it's like me and Josh do it together, like in the same room. We'll just like trade off on the computer, like writing right. parts or whatever. Um, but this one, like Josh was at his parents' house and he didn't have a place to like set up his computer. And um, I was like living with my grandma who's super high like risk for coronavirus. Um, so we're like, okay, it makes sense for me to just like write the songs and then Josh can go to his friend's house and like record the acoustic guitar parts. And then Jimmy will like record all his vocals at home. Right. So yeah, I think the first one I did was uh, Lost Between. Um, I was like, we weren't even sure like we were gonna do the EP at that point, but um, I made like the instrumental for Lost Between on my computer and I sent it to like our manager and then he sent it to Rise like without me even asking. And they're like, yeah, this is really cool. Like, let's do something with this. Yeah. Um, so I made that one and then I made Chemical and then we were like, okay, let's just do like some straight acoustic, like, um, like 2000s, like emo shit. Um, so then I did the Alone and 171 like acoustic remakes mm -hmm. and then like going back to our original idea we're like okay like let's do like one new one because it'd be cool to like have a super emo like original acoustic song so jimmy said he wanted to do like a like three four time like super sad thing so then um like the first thing i came up with was what ended up being like over love so that worked out pretty well yeah it was like a very surprisingly easy process like usually i hate doing the music by myself like I almost only ever write like if I'm with Josh, um, but yeah, it worked out, and I'm I'm stoked with how it came out. So yeah, man, it's it's a killer EP. Um, you know, I think it's it's got a lot of a lot of potential in that people that know you for your your previous albums, it's going to be that mm -hmm. that culture shock a little bit of holy shit. Yeah. And, they can strip down and still be, you know, super clean on vocals. And the it was just a really tight, you know, um, production. I think it, it comes across really well. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked on how it came out. Like, especially the, like, I wasn't expecting the acoustic only songs to be, like, as good as they are. Like, not to toot my own horn or anything, but, <laughs> right. like, I think Jimmy's vocal takes, like, the the version of the acoustic version alone i feel like is even better than like the original somehow which i was not expecting to happen so it's definitely cool yeah um talk a little bit about what goes into it on your side for when you're going to take a song that traditionally has been full band and and obviously you know much deeper um to strip yeah. it down and like what goes into your mindset as far as like are we going to change keys what are we going to you know how do we want this to flow type type situation okay yeah i mean basically it was like different for every song that i did um lost between i kind of just took like i had the session from when we did like the pre-production version before we took it to the studio so i just like took the midi from like what was the like keyboard part in the beginning and i just put that on like a super soft piano and then i added like some layers and i was like okay like i want to make this like pretty low key so i dropped the tempo down 
Um, I think I dropped the tempo for every song except uh, 171. 171's like still the same tempo, but the other ones I like dropped the tempo on all of them. Um, they're all in the same key except for uh, 171. I dropped down two keys. Um, but yeah, like both Chemical and Lost Between, I took like a lot of the original stems and like MIDI and just kind of put it on different instruments, you know, through some, uh, just went on splice and like found some like kick and snare electronic yeah. stuff and threw those in. Um, but yeah, Chemical, like I originally created like a sadder, like slow version and I just wasn't really enjoying it. And I was like, this sounds too much like the Lost Between I did. Right. Um, so then I was like, okay, what if I like make it more like R&B, like dancey kind of So I, like did like the side chaining thing on like the pre-chorus and like all that shit and i was yeah. like all right this sounds like more interesting for sure yeah um so yeah that was like those two was just kind of taking like what was already there and the stems and like the midi that you can change into other instruments and just like rebuilding them that way um but then for the acoustic ones like i knew i wanted it to sound like the very open chords so like both those two, the two remake ones, both kind of use the same chord shapes um, where it's like, it's basically a power chord on the A string and then you like let the two highest strings ring as well. So I kind of just like figured out how to play the songs with those chords. And then I um, I dropped 171 down a couple, uh, couple keys just to make it easier for Jeremy to sing. Um, so he wasn't like belting super high on like right. over acoustic guitar because I, I didn't know if that would like work super well but um yeah so it's just basically like i knew i wanted those chord shapes because they always sound super good in like acoustic emo music and then i just like rewrote them that way um yeah yeah awesome um yeah so let's talk a little bit about like you said you know you had had chemicals specifically in that super sad emo space which yeah the the meaning behind the song, the you know, the content behind the song is is pretty tragic anyway. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about that for for people that maybe don't know the story behind the song, and um, you know, I think it was probably an easy choice to make the EP for the you know changing that one to an acoustic, but kind of just you know go into that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the saddest one is the new song. Um, but like, yeah, chemical too, it's kind of about how like you're still like stuck on somebody and you like can't get over them. And it's like, you know, it's just cause like, you know, chemicals in your brain, basically like dopamine or serotonin right. or whatever. Um, and like, you can't move on. So yeah, I knew it would sound cool stripped down. Um, but I, like, again, I, like, I wanted to make it a little more exciting. So that that's why I made it a little more dancey and like R and B. Yeah. But we also had um, on the bridge, like that's a totally new part. Like that's not the original lyrics at all. Um, Cause we got uh, Sumner from Dead Lakes to do his part. And like, we're just like, Hey, can you do the bridge? And then he sent us that and we're like, Oh, he like totally wrote his own part. <laughs> it was like, way, it was way better than what was on the original. I feel like. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. But yeah, his part like fits the vocals, per like the lyrical content perfectly. Cause it was like, you know, it, it used to be cool to somebody and now it's like, you know, you don't even exist to them or whatever yeah. he says, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I was going to bring that up. You know, I, I've done some review of, uh, dead lakes and, and whatnot. And, mm -hmm. um, I did an album review back when they dropped their, their newest, uh, um, EP. EP and yeah. everything. And, uh, 
there's something about Sumner's voice, man. Like it, it draws you Dude, in. Dude, he's so good. Yeah, it's yeah, insane. he's so good. Um, yeah, we we did a tour with him where he was our merch guy, and that was like the most fun I've had on tour because he's just like the sweetest guy yeah. in the world, and he just like wants to make sure everyone's happy and having a good time. So I love that guy. But yeah, he, he's got a great voice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, let's look at alone out of my head uh, okay and kind of again the the content behind it as well as the kind of the goal with it going on the ep yeah um so like you know the content with it it's kind of a similar thing to chemical it's like you have somebody that you know you really cared about like in our case it's like our ex-girlfriend but um you know like uh you can't get them out of your head basically and then like you're trying to move on and it's been a long time, but you still like can't get that out. Like, um, so I don't know, like, um, for the EP, I felt like when we dropped the original chemical, it was like the day our album came out and I don't really know what happened, but I feel like it didn't really get any like traction, um, which is strange. Cause that's like my favorite song we've done. Right. And I, I feel like, have had more of an effect but like it's i think it's like the lowest viewed music video we have <laughs> for that uh for for sure for the second album so that that always like bummed me out that it didn't get more traction um so i was like okay let's do this like acoustic style like you know like old um emo pop punk bands would do where like a song gets bigger because it's like the acoustic version is really right. cool so I was like, all right, we're going to make this like even better. And then I think, yeah, Jim, like I said before, Jimmy's vocals, I think sound even better than they did on like the original version. So I'm really happy with how that one came out. But, and it's funny, I like, I had to do all the harmonies for that song. Cause we were like running out of time to submit it. And, um, so Jimmy like sent over his vocals. So like most of the harmonies you hear, like I was just in my room, like doing it on this like terrible mic that I had, but I think it sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like I said, I think the production-wise, it, I think it all pieces together super well, and I, I think it's, um, it's really clean overall. So, I yeah, yeah, I tried to make it sound like old, like two thousand five, like emo, like pop punk. So, yeah. little, I think, I think little that Mayday worked. Parade in there type deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. Um, so, I like we were talking a little bit before the, uh, before I'm posting the podcast here. Um, with September, this episode going live in September, September is Suicide Prevention Month. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about um, mental health, self-care, that sort of stuff. Uh, you guys have, have written a couple songs that are very deeply tied to suicide and mental health. Talk a little bit about um, kind of what it means for you and the, the therapy, I guess, maybe, that writing music about that content does. Yeah, so um, our first album, like most of the album is about um, Jimmy's best friend taking his own life and like how that ended up affecting Jimmy and how it affected his relationships and kind of just his whole life like caved in because of what happened. And, you know, he was at such a vulnerable state, um, you know, it was like his uh, relationship with his girlfriend fell apart and stuff, too. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely had a big effect on us in our career and um, that's been present on our second album. There was like one song about the like continuation of that and like the effects it's had over the years since it happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, 
had a lot of issues with it as well. Um, I think J Jimmy has also had a lot of issues with, you know, suicidal ideation and, and thoughts. And, and Josh also has like, you know, all three of us have like clinical depression. We've been dealing with it for a long time. Um, I finally like the upside of being in quarantine. Like I finally made the effort to like go and like get medicated properly and like go through therapy and stuff. So I'm, I'm doing a lot better. And I like highly recommend that to anyone who's had these problems. Cause I don't know, like for years I was just in a state of like, I don't know how I can like keep living and how I can keep going. So, um, yeah, if you're listening to this and you've felt like that for a long time, you should definitely like try to get help, try to get medicated. Cause that's the only thing that's, that's really taken me out of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it does help writing the music for sure. Um, that definitely has helped, like, me get over. Like, um, you know, I, I had a pretty long-term relationship where, like, we were together for the whole life of the band up until about like nine months ago. And like, writing stuff for our third album, like, I've put a lot of that feeling into like the newer songs we've been writing. Um, so, I mean, I don't write any of the lyrics or anything. It's just, like, the instrumentals. But, right. like, I, I still, like, find, like, feeling, like, and, like, trying to get those thoughts out and putting it into, like, a song is, like, really helpful. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, it's definitely good. But then it's also hard, like, you should know if you're going into a band and you write something, like, super personal and sad and then you have to play that every day on tour. Like, it, right. it does make it hard. Like, on our last tour, there were some nights when we were, like, playing No Place Like You. I'd just be like, God, this is, like how am I going to keep doing this every day? Because, right. <laughs> like, I was I was pretty in a pretty bad place, like, mentally on our last tour. So um, there were definitely nights where, like, I'd play our set and then just go sit in the van and, like, listen to, like, really sad music and, and be all bummed out. But, yeah, hopefully when touring comes back, I won't be like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's interesting. It's, like, both sides. It's, like, it helps to write it, but then you also have to be careful and ma make sure you're, like, able to deal with, like, playing it all the time if, if that's what you end up doing. Right. Yeah, I've got a, a buddy, his name's MC Lars. He does um, like nerdcore hip hop and stuff. And mm -hmm. he has a song called 22. And it was about his uh, roommate in college who ended up committing suicide. And yeah. I saw him, man, probably six or seven years after that event happened, after the song's been out and he was playing it. And he still got choked up during that song. So I, I totally get what you're saying, you know, about... Yeah. Y yes, it helps, but you have to mentally be done or in a good spot to to put that out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it can be hard. So with as much detail or lack of detail as you want to get into, um, kind of talk to people, you know, I think one of the biggest problems with mental health in general is the stigma that's still around going to therapy and getting medication. Um, yeah. Kind of, uh, like I said, with as much detail as you're comfortable with, what was it like for you to, when that switch kind of clicked on, okay, this is the next step for me. This is what is going to help. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like get too dark with it, but like, um, I was basically at the point where I was like, okay, I'm either going to like take my own life or like figure out how to fix this. Like I can't keep living like this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so finally, like I had tried like therapy, but honestly, like it had never really done anything. And like, I wasn't in a place where I could even like attempt to like get better. So it really took like going to the psychiatrist and getting like 
the proper antidepressants for me to like even begin to like make an effort to like improve myself so um and like it it was hard i guess to like admit for a long time that i like needed help and i like couldn't do it without medicine kind of thing yeah um but now it's like kind of switched to where like i literally don't care like i'm fine like saying all the issues i have like i'm not like scared to like say like yeah i I wanted to kill myself all the time right um which is like super uncomfortable for some people like they're like which you know i so i can put people in like weird positions because like i'll just start talking about that and they like can't handle it which is interesting and then like i feel bad about it because i'm like oh shit i guess this isn't like a normal thing to talk about um but yeah no it just it got to the point where like i couldn't deal with it anymore and i like i knew i had to change it so um luckily the medication has like gotten my brain to the point where like i'm actually able to work on like changing my thinking patterns and like changing my habits and like actually improving so um yeah yeah and i i think that's one of the big keys is you know when you get the right combination it's not perfect the first time which i'm sure you can attest to um, right. The right combination of therapists, the right combination of medication. Um, yeah. It it really does flip that switch of okay, this isn't as hard as I've made it. This is mm-hmm. what I can do to to start moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, and medication's not for everyone. Like, I don't want to like because right. like there are <laughs> side effects, and some medicines will like really mess you up. Um, I definitely went through a phase when like I started like I upped my dose and then I was like all messed up like I couldn't sleep and then I was like super tired all the time and shit like that so yeah I'm not saying it's for everyone but definitely if you're like been at the point where you can't fix yourself and like you don't even want to make the effort to like I think it's an option that's worth looking into yeah and I I think you know the the biggest step that anybody can make is kind of what you said earlier when you finally get to that point where you can say i can't do this on my own you know i'm yeah i need that even if it's a therapist to bounce stuff off of or a close friend to just vent to you know from time to time and uh again Mm -hmm. with you guys being in the band together and experiencing similar things you know it it can help in the sense that okay i'm not the only one that goes through this shit like maybe yeah. maybe we can figure this out um right you know and i think that's the biggest problem uh, along with the stigma is so many people feel like well i'm the only one that deals with it and that's not the case mm-hmm. at all yeah for sure no like i don't know and you know you might think that you know it's it's bad for you but you can handle it but like i've definitely found out that like i have had it as bad or worse than most people um Whereas before I was like, oh, this is normal. Like everybody goes through this. And, and like, that's not true. Like not right. everybody like goes through this stuff. So like definitely don't think that way. Cause for me it was bad. I was like, oh, I should be able to like get over this. No problem. Cause this is just part of being alive. But I don't know if you do have those feelings, like that's not, it's not a normal part of life and you should try to like get help and fix it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, one of the, um, I don't want to say misconception, but I don't have a better word for it. Uh, I guess one of the the misconceptions is the word I'm going to use um, is that yeah. it's only that medication fixes everything, and that's not true. Like you said, you know that yeah, no, that helps realign some of the chemicals and and things like that. But that's not the end all be all 
to fix any sort of mental care issue. Yeah, you really got to, like, change how you think about the world and, like, your habits and everything. Like, I don't know. I've, I've realized, like, how backwards or, like, wrong the way I, like, approach situations and, like, the way I, like, even speak or, like, express myself is, you know, harmful to myself. So it's pretty interesting, yeah, you know, actually I, going through. I, I talk a lot about um, the power of words. And, yeah, you know, it's so easy for people, I think... <laughs> you know, it, it adds to the stigma or the kind of undermines it, I guess, where people have a bad day or something goes wrong and they're like, Oh, I'm so depressed. And it's like, but, but you're not like, that's not what depression is. So, you know, I talk a lot about like breaking away from that, the, the type of language that you use, the type of words that you use to describe a bad day or whatever can also start helping your mental state because if you keep saying I'm depressed, you're going to force yourself into that deeper hole versus, you know what, today sucked, but tomorrow's going to be better. Or, you know, that was out of my control. I'm not going to feel bad about that. That sort of stuff, I think, is where what you're you're getting at, too, with having to change your perception and your perspective on that situation at that moment. Yeah, for sure. And, like... I don't know, but there's also like the side of when you are feeling that way, it's it's like impossible for you to change yeah. <laughs> your way of thinking. So it's kind of like a interesting like conundrum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you really got to make an effort to change. It's it's quite difficult, but it is worth it, I think. Yeah, and um, one of the most recent, I think, <clears throat> impactful lyrics, at, at least for me and and some of my friends, has been. From the band Slaves, they have the new song, Talk to a Friend. And in there, mm-hmm. he says, I wouldn't talk to a friend the way I talk to myself. And it's like, yeah, you know, you really have to start thinking about it that way, where you're, you're the only person that talks to yourself or is around yourself all the time. So why would you talk to yourself in such a negative way? And I'm guilty of it, too. I've, I've had still deal with depression and, and mental health issues. But it hearing that it was like kind of a a little bit of a oh shit maybe i should stop saying this or you know like i'd never say that to a friend so why would i put myself in that same position um you you really have to start taking care of yourself in that manner yeah that's that's true yeah so yeah i don't know and it is interesting because like i find like memes where it's like joking about suicide like i find that shit hilarious so it's like hard for me to like stop making those jokes because i know if i'm in the wrong mindset and i start saying like oh like i wish i could just kill myself like as a joke like it'll all end up spiraling down to where i'm like serious about it so yeah it it is kind of a weird balance yeah for sure um so let's talk a little bit about the the self-care tips um you know now that you're making those moves to to move forward and change the thought process and all that Kind of, especially with quarantine, what's been kind of some of your self-care type of things? You know, obviously writing music and stuff, but what, what helps kind of center you or ground you? Um, I don't know. I started, like, I picked up skateboarding again. That's been kind of fun, just kind of riding around yeah. and, like, being out in the sun. It's, like, super hot right now, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It's, it's still, like, nice to get outside. Um, when it's cooler, like in the evening or whatever. So that, that's been helpful and like exercising. Um, 
but yeah, really, I don't know, like, I enjoy um, just watching, like, TV. I've been watching, like, a lot of old Naruto, um, which has oh. been fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, I, I've gotten really into, like, skincare routines. I don't <laughs> know if that's, like, something a lot of people mess with, but... It, it does make me feel like way better like when i when i go in on like some fancy moisturizer and shit like yeah it, it feels pretty good so i'd recommend that one <laughs> yeah i mean as dumb as it is you can see uh they won't see but you can see i've recently uh yeah. gotten the haircut and um yeah. I, I, same thing like i went like two and a half three weeks or so without a haircut and i was like just yesterday i'm like fuck it i'm shaving my head again and i <laughs> went and did that immediately like got out of the shower with with a clean head and everything i'm like all right yeah like this is cool i'm good now you know so it's the yeah. little things that help you know put you in that i feel better about myself type of mindset well dude the last time i got a haircut was like before we went on tour and it got canceled <laughs> and then like i haven't been able to get a t haircut since so i think yeah uh january or february was like the last time i got a haircut and i haven't been able to get one since then so my shit is like out of control right but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I just, as you can see, it's a no guard on a trimmer, so I can do that shit at my house nice. and not worry about I it. Don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. I want to keep my hair long, but yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about you. You've already touched on it a little bit. You guys are, we're going to change directions back out of the mental health some um, into, you guys are working on the, the third record, um, you know, starting to write songs and, and piece things together there. Obviously, we've got some time before that's that's you know a done deal or or finalized or anything. But what can you tell fans? Yeah. You know, as far as what's going into it, um, maybe what they can expect. Is it throwbacks to early day stuff for you? Is it a new direction sound wise? Um, it's like so we have um, like thirteen songs done right now, but the thing is like we're probably gonna try to write like at least like twenty, if not more. Mm -hmm and then see like what we like and what we don't like so like some of the songs um sound a little closer to the first album but i don't know like i've been trying to do it in a way you know because a lot of people complain that like our second album wasn't like heavy enough or whatever so i've been i've been trying to make it heavy but like in a way that sounds interesting and unique like right i never want to do like a chug fest like song because yeah. that's not very interesting to me um but I'm trying to make it darker and like a little more upbeat because the last album was pretty slow. Like most of the songs were pretty like yeah. low tempo and like chill. Um, so I, I we're kind of getting away from that. We're kind of going back to like having some like more upbeat, like fast tempo stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll also have like, like slow, like emo, like Casey style songs. Right. Um, but yeah, right now there's like one side where I've like got like four songs that are all like post-hardcore um like 2006 kind of style and then we've got some like interesting like heavy with but like with a bunch of synths and like gnarly um production shit yeah um so i don't know where it's gonna go I, we'll see where it ends up i don't want to like say one thing and right then and then it's totally different <laughs> yeah so i don't know I want, i'm not gonna commit to anything but I, I think it'll be like a good mix of the first two albums awesome yeah i was talking to um it actually has been brought up on like the last four episodes um, about kind of what you said, where fans, the second album comes out and they're like, oh, that wasn't quite good enough or, you know, like yeah. whatever. And we, we brought up um, Bring Me the Horizon. And it's like, 
every single one of their albums is different. They get shit on by different yeah. groups of fans all the time, but like, yeah, they, they get bigger every time. Yeah, every time they outpace themselves, and it's a completely different sound, completely different, almost completely yeah. different genre. Like the newest one's got all kinds of like EDM and and synth stuff in it, and it's like, but that's not the the old school stuff that I remember, you know. And it doesn't matter, yeah. you know, if if it's true content to you, authentic content for you. Um, I think the the real fans are going to be there in support regardless. But um, yeah, you know, there's there's always haters, no matter how big you get or how good you are. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna keep it like you know, both of the first two records. Like, it's more of the focus is like on being emotional and like having yeah. that like that that feeling you get from listening to the song. I feel like is pretty similar on the first two. Um, so like, while the new one might not be like heavy or it might not be the same vibe. And I'm not saying it won't be heavy because it could be. I don't right. know. Um, but like, we're still gonna keep that like same emotional feeling that you get when you listen to it. Because um, like, I don't know. That's still how we feel all the time. So we'll still be like, it'll still be a sad album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing, you know. Um, I yeah. I grew up in um, the the prime scene and emo days. You know, like yeah, Bayside's same. first album came out. Then you had the audition and just. Mayday Parade, All Time Low was coming on the scene, like all this pop punk and scene stuff, and it's like, yeah. you know, old school, um, just it, it, everybody really. But uh, My Chemical Romance, you know, they same yeah. thing, like Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge versus uh, Black Parade. That's a night and day mm -hmm. difference on those albums. Well, and Danger Days is like Danger way Days too, is but insane. Like, yeah, still like you listen to Scarecrow. Like I don't know, it's still like I still get the same feeling listening to that as I do like the early like the first out like Demolition Lovers or whatever. Yeah. So like I don't know. See, and I, I think that's where the authenticity of the music comes in, and I've I've talked about that before, and I think you can probably elaborate on it. Is the importance yeah. of writing stuff that that means something to you versus going into like a songwriting. Um, seminar or whatever you know like a collective and just grabbing somebody else's song and trying to sing it or play it it's like okay but I don't yeah. have emotional attachment to that so it's not going to sound right. real yeah and Jimmy writes the lyrics for like every song we've ever done so it's like you know it's if it's coming from him you can expect it to like be a certain way right you know right awesome um, so kind of obviously coronavirus fucked everything up uh there's yeah. no tours there's no you right. know no chance of anything like that necessarily um not anytime soon anyway but what kind of plans do you guys have is there a chance with any sort of like live streams or anything like that maybe um kind of just how do you see 2020 wrapping up for you guys um yeah we might try to it's just hard because our, our drummer max lives in pennsylvania mm. so like anything yep. we would want to do he'd, he'd have to fly out for right um but we have been talking about like trying to do like a live stream thing and maybe we'll do like an acoustics like live stream or something um not really sure yet what we'll do but yeah as far as 2020 goes i don't see much happening um yeah. we do have like we have a tour with normandy and captives in 2021 in like europe and uk awesome. so I'm, I'm hoping we'll we'll be able to do that one because that's in uh march so hopefully that's enough time yeah yeah hopefully so um looking forward to that and then we have like you know we're gonna try to redo the the bad omens tour that i got cut in half uh, whenever we're able to tour again in the u.s like 
we'll try to reschedule that one. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that because I had a great time on that tour. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah. So that's basically everything I have for you. I want to close out with uh, just two kind of fun, ridiculous questions. So number okay. one, uh, if you could go back in time and join any band that you grew up listening to, who would you join? Yes. Um, hmm, that's hard. I feel like I would probably want to join like MCR because I feel like they were the like biggest influence on me growing up. But like, I don't know, Blink-182 like in the very early days would be right. fun too just because they were like so, so massive and like yeah. those songs are so fun. But yeah, I think like overall vibe and everything, probably My Chemical Romance. Awesome. Um, but now, like if I could join a band now, it'd be like the 1975, because I love that band. <laughs> That's solid. But, yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, yeah. Then let's do, yeah. for question number two, um, you said you like, you know, anime and, and uh, Naruto and things like that. If you were a character in an anime what anime would you be in and kind of, you know, like what role would you play or who would you replace? Uh, um, <laughs> that's a hard one. I have to think about that one. I'd probably be the bike guy from One Punch Man because I feel like I have like no, I would like not have talent, but like I'd still like try to do something. Right, right. <laughs> Are you familiar with that? What was that? What was his name? Uh, something Rider. Um, I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to look it something, up real quick. Yeah, something Rider, but, uh, Moomin, Moomin Rider, I feel like, <laughs> um, I feel like the highest ranking low, like bottom level guy. Yeah. yeah it's, it's Moomin Mo Rider. Moomin Rider. Sure. Yep. That, that's yeah. exactly what it is. So, yeah. yeah that'd be me. Kind of the same, yeah. only a different, different anime. I would be like Mr. Hercule from, uh, fucking Dragon Ball Z like always claimed okay. to be the world champ and shit but never did yeah, anything like you're like you have no actual power <laughs> right right so yeah. awesome so to to wrap things up uh however long it takes you let's go through you know all your social medias things like that we'll we'll obviously link all that but um hit fans with where they can find you what they should be on the lookout for um and just anything you want to tell them Okay, yeah, um, I think all of our social medias are at Thousand Below. Um, mine is, uh, for Twitter, I'm at Josh Billy, and Instagram, at Josh Billamoria. Um, but yeah, we got our new EP out last Friday. Um, check it out. It's very sad. Um, if you haven't checked out our first two albums, check those out, too, because I, I think they're good. Um, and uh, yeah, check out Dead Lakes. Sumner does the feature on the EP. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, I looked at Spotify earlier. You guys are pushing, I think it was 300. Hang on, I'm pulling it back up. Um, you are currently at 288,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. So, you know, definitely think that's a solid number, but let's see if nice. we can't pump that up some and, and um, yeah. you know, get you over. Yeah, it'd be nice to hit 300K. Yeah. No. Yeah, maybe by the end of the year, right? We'll make that a 2020 goal. So. Yeah, hopefully. Awesome, man. Yeah, 300K would be sick. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, you know, we'll we'll definitely be paying attention on on what's coming out. Um, I work a lot with Tim and, and Amy over at Adam Splitter, so, um, you know, they'll keep me in the loop. Cool. I'll keep you guys in the loop. We'll blast as much of your stuff as we can. So 
hopefully tours can happen again and you know maybe we'll link up in in chicago or something and do uh some concert photography for you cool all right that'd be awesome man yeah yeah absolutely so uh again thanks for your time um you know we'll we'll get this posted right around the 16th and um look forward to, to hearing more new content from you all right thanks man thanks man appreciate it good talking to you yeah good talking to you yep see ya. see ya and that was my conversation with JB from the band Thousand Below. Um, really enjoyed talking to him. Great dude. Really excited to see what the band's got in store with this new music. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get coronavirus under control and live shows can come back at some point soon. Um, and, you know, they can get back out on tour and we hopefully will be able to go... Um, do some photography for him and, and stuff. But, you know, I think it was really cool talking to him um, and discussing the new, I say acoustic, but, you know, stripped down EP, the reimagined EP, whatever you want to call it. Um, the EP is called Let Go of Your Love. It was released towards the end of August, so it's been out for about a month now. Um and it's getting, you know, stellar reviews and a lot of love on Spotify and Apple and all the different streaming platforms. Um, and yeah, I highly recommend that you guys go check it out. Um, whether you're a fan of their old stuff, if you've never heard of them, whatever the case is, uh, check out this EP, check out their back catalog. Uh, as JB said, they've got new music that they are working on, so uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get pieces of that and and whatnot coming soon. So for now, guys, I think that's pretty much everything I've got for you. Um, you know, September is Suicide Prevention Month. Um, on September the 10th, we just observed World Suicide Prevention Day. Um, and, you know, even though we've got a, a month that we talk about it a lot or that, you know, more people are talking about it, it's an everyday battle. Um, please, you know, reach out to your friends, um, share resources from time to time, things like that. All those things go a very long way. Um, and you may be impacting somebody that you didn't realize you were going to impact. Um, so, yeah. Highly encourage that. If you jump over to our website, you'll be able to uh, see a page that has a number of different mental health resources. Uh, in our shop, we did reactivate the mental health awareness collection, and the proceeds from that will be going towards um, donations towards mental health outreach organizations, um, such as heart support to write love on our arms crisis text line um and a few others that you know will kind of try to spread the love if you will and yeah hope you guys enjoy the podcast i'm coming up on a year guys um pretty excited about that so we're definitely uh very appreciative here for everything you've done for us. Make sure you like, share, follow the podcast. Like us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Um, you know, we still don't do a lot with Twitter just because I don't do a lot with Twitter. But uh, the other two I'm pretty active on. So reach out. Tell us who you'd like us to try to get on the show. Um, I'm always looking for new artists or just even knowing who you guys would like me to, to try to get on the show. Um, and I can start working on that stuff. So today, for the end of the episode, I am going to take you out with the song that JB and I talked about called Chemical featuring Sumner from Dead Lakes off of their new EP Let Go of Your Love This is Thousand Below Remember guys take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene I let you tell me how it goes and when it's all gonna end I put you first in the world but you hate me again I'm stuck with the thoughts that remind me Show me.